Welcome to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Can you believe that this is our eighth season? No, I cannot. I cannot believe it, but we're happy to be back and welcome back. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. And this season, we are focusing on this theme of awareness as a dog owner. So we'll be featuring new and returning guests and chatting about lots of new topics. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about what it's like to have a multi-pet home and things to consider when introducing a second or third or fourth dog to the home. So let's jump right in. Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. And today we are talking about multi-dog households. Are you looking to get your dog a dog? Well, today we're going to talk about what it's actually like to have multiple dogs under one roof. So if you're a new listener, um, we should probably introduce ourselves again. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's introduce ourselves and our pets. Um, and, uh, maybe that will add some context to this episode. So Justine, why don't you start? Yeah. So I am Justine. Um, I am a co-host on the podcast and I have two pets. I have Marshall, who is an 85 pound rescue mutt from Northern Manitoba. He's a big jumbled mutt mix of all different types of breeds. Um, and we also have a cat. He is five years old. His name is Gerald. He's all black and is very cute and a little skittish. He was in our home first. Um, and then we got Marshall later. Marshall is just over three years old. Um, can you tell our listeners who Marshall and Gerald are named after? <laughs> yeah. So both of our pets are named after rappers. Um, so I think you can guess who Marshall's named after none other than Marshall Mathers, Eminem, um, less likely maybe to know about this person. I actually don't even know if he's still on the scene, but there's a rapper whose name is G E Z. My partner went through a very short phase where he was very into G E Z's music. So his actual name is Gerald and the cat was named after him. There we go. That's the theme. Hi, I'm a rapper. My name's Gerald. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why rappers have rapper names. (laughs) Um, Okay. um, My name is Mackenzie, and um, I'm also clearly a co-host on this podcast. (laughs) And um, I have two dogs currently. I have Miss Willa, who is a seven-year-old Italian greyhound, and I have her counterpart, Aladar, who is a six-year-old Italian greyhound. Um, we just lost our third dog, Hudson, back in June. Um, so rest in peace, buddy. He was a very good husky shepherd boy. Um, he, uh, he was also in our home, um, but uh, now we have Willa and Aladar. So uh, the two littles. Um, and yeah, still living that multi-dog life. 
Yeah. So I think your experience kind of weaving in Will and Aladar um, with Hudson will be really, really helpful in this episode. Um, because when you're thinking about getting a second or a third dog, I think there's lots of things to consider in terms of, you know, weaving in multiple animals into one space. So if I'm thinking about getting a second dog, what are maybe like, what are some of the things I need to think about? Um, firstly, time. Dogs are a lot of work. <laughs> they are. And I think like, I think about this, you're like, ah, you're just adding a second one. It's all the same, but it's really not because you take into consideration the fact that what if your dog, your new dog, let's say has some challenges. Mm-hmm. They might need to be walked one-on-one. They might need some dedicated one-on-one time, especially in that like kind of peak training phase, um, giving that new dog some one-on-one individual time so that they can, you know, understand expectations and start to learn from you. You can't really do that if you're always in a two-dog environment. For sure. And it really does depend on, you know, the dog coming into the picture. So i.e. it's a puppy, you're going to need to spend a lot more time with that puppy to get it acclimated and used to a schedule. Not only that, yes, the training, of course, involved the potty training, um, the overall like house etiquette of a dog, you know, all of these things take a lot of time. Um, And then maybe, yeah, you're, you're, first dog in the home might feel a little neglected. Jealousy in dogs is real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, there's that to consider. And then um, like, even like I'm thinking back to when, um, when we had the three, like mealtime, mealtime is not quick. We feed raw and then um Hudson was on a kibble diet. So to get the food together took at least, you know, let's say five to 10 minutes, depending on the day. And, um, you know, then like making sure everybody's all leashed up takes an extra two minutes to make sure everybody's safely ready to leave the house. Walks take longer because we've got three dogs on leash. Of course, they were all pretty good on leash, but like still it takes longer. We've got more sniffs happening and allow for more, you know, interactions and things. More poop to pick up. (laughs) Exactly. Like literally everything just takes extra bit of time. Um, yeah, you don't think about it, but it's, it's real. Um, yeah. And I think, so kind of piggybacked onto time. So we, when we think about like our own personal capacity, I think we think a lot about time, but there's a lot more to our personal capacity than just our time. I mean, there's also kind of your mental capacity, your emotional capacity. And I think a lot of us who have had puppies, we just kind of like black it out like I remember when Marshall was a puppy like I remember it being a dark time but I don't know that I could fully articulate to you right now why but I know there were definitely periods of time where Joey and I looked at one another and we were like what have we done why have we done this and it, it doesn't last a super super long time but that period of transition it is emotionally taxing you're not sleeping as well you're potentially getting up once or twice or multiple times a night, depending on the puppy to, to take them out. There's just heightened anxiety about having, you know, a new dog in the home and managing particular maybe behaviors or challenges. Like aside from time management, it's also taking up this, this emotional mental capacity. 
And then you layer on something like finances on top of that. And you've just got like a perfect storm of stress. So, I mean, I say all of this because bringing an additional dog into the home isn't something that should be taken lightly because everything now costs twice as much. If I had to feed two Marshalls, oh my goodness, that would break my bank account. Yeah, this is the thing. Um, even, you know, feeding another small dog, like uh, if food is not cheap and any like whether it's raw kibble whatever you're feeding it's it's not cheap and then um to layer on top of that the vet expenses unexpected unexpected vet visits uh you've got you know insurance if you insure your dogs you have um everything from like things like doggy daycare if you go away who like how much it would cost to get like them boarded or training even like there's so many layers to finances. Um, and yes, like going through and doing, you know, early puppyhood socialization through training sessions and things like that is, you know, one, a one-time thing. But then like, if you want to like keep up on it, it's, it's, it just, it just is another, um, layer of something that is going to cost you throughout the dog's life. So, mm-hmm. um, one more thing about this is, um, understanding you, your current dog. So I'm going to use my two as an example. Um, mine, after we lost Hudson, the thought crossed our mind to be like, Oh, like it would be really nice to have another third dog in the home. We miss having a big dog. However, I'm pretty sure if we brought another or a dog into the home at any age, no matter puppy, older adult dog, if Will and Eldar would lose it, they would be miserable. <laughs> like they would pee on so many things just to spite you. They would be very mad. Um, and that's the thing, like the transition um, of when Hudson became more permanent in their lives was hard. And he was a very good boy who did nothing wrong, an angel, let alone if it's, uh, you know, a, 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 a dog that, you know, is a little more hyperactive or a little more work in that, you know, um, activity sense, like they would, yeah, hate it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many considerations around like age behavior management. Like I don't, if you can hear my dog slurping in the background, he is literally the loudest drinker as most large dogs are. So, (laughs) but it is a dog podcast. So, you know, get what you get. Um, yeah. Age is a big thing, but also yeah, these behaviors. So Marshall, he's a garter. He's a garter of space. He's a garter of food. He's occasionally a garter of toys. We live in a condo. I know that if we were to introduce a second dog, that I would have to do so much more behavior management. I could do it. It would be fine. But again, going back to that like mental and emotional capacity piece, it would take up so much mental and emotional bandwidth for me that I just simply don't have right now. Um, But then you think about like, age and I am definitely your, you'll see that some people like they know when their dog's getting a little bit older, they maybe will get a new dog. And I am definitely in the camp of let's just let senior dogs live out their last few lives 
peacefully. Let's not rock the boat for them. Let's just let them live their best life, get spoiled, get all the treats, get all the pets, and then get a new dog later. Yeah, don't get me wrong. There are some older dogs out there that do enjoy the company of other dogs. This would be like a very like particular situation. Um, like, again, maybe you're bringing an older adult dog that meshes really well with your already old dog. Um, so like for sure, like it's we're not saying uh, no. However, there are a lot of situations out there where, again, first dog, so senior, senior dog who's lived in the home their entire lives then gets a little bit, you know, neglected with lack of a better term. And then they live out their last few like days, like just chilling, not doing a whole yeah. lot. And not even necessarily neglected, but also just like being pestered by like a young or that, that like yeah. really wants to play. And there's just, there's so many considerations. And I mean, you'll hear us say this umpteen times on this podcast, but it really is, it just comes down to knowing your dog. Um, know your dog, know their needs, know if introducing an additional dog is going to benefit their quality of life. Um, but we've shared a lot of awesome information about the considerations for getting an additional dog. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk more about finding the right fit. If you are thinking about a second dog, going to talk a little bit about like Instagram versus reality and then also looking at what happens if you get a second dog and it doesn't go well. So stay tuned and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast with your hosts, Justine and Mackenzie on Midtown Radio KW. Today, we have been talking about multi-pet households, so let's jump back into the discussion we were having about finding a right fit and what to do when introducing a new pup goes poorly. All right. Yeah, so let's let's say you've thought about all the things we talked about in the first half and you're like, nope. I'm ready for a dog. My dog is ready for a dog. I want a new dog. Second dog, third dog. I don't know how many dogs you have, but you're getting an additional dog. What are maybe some of the things we want to think about when we're looking at fit? Um, so it comes down to the timeless question. Do we want to rescue or do we want to go through a breeder? We have a whole episode on this. I actually think we have a double episode on this. I think so. Mm -hmm. Our adopt and shopped episode. So feel free to listen to that episode to get a better feel for why you might choose one path or the other. Um, I would never discourage anybody from getting a rescue dog. Um, there's often this notion that rescue dogs can be challenging. And while that sure can be true, there's also lots of rescue dogs that are perfectly fine and don't have any challenges. So lots to unpack there, but check out that episode for more. 
What other things would we want to think about, Ken's, in terms of finding that like right match? Well, we touched on this in our first section, um, the age of the dog. So um, do you want a puppy? Do you want an eight-week-old puppy? Do you want a four-month-old puppy? Do you want an eight-month-old puppy? Do you want an eight-year-old dog? Do you want a 10-year-old dog? Do you want a five-year-old dog? There are so many things to consider um, for your already um, dog in your home. Um, so like we touched on before, you know, what age would really mesh well with the dog you already have, i.e. I have a 13 year old dog and, uh, should I really be getting an eight week old puppy that again, might be a lot, bring a lot of stress into that dog's life. Or, um, like I'm going to use myself as an example. I have a six and a seven year old, pretty mature, pretty chill, don't like high energy dogs home. Would it be fair to bring in a, you know, young, high energy herding type breed into my home where it might lead to, you know, my dogs getting annoyed every second of the day from this dog and leading me to feel stressed out every second I'm home, which is the opposite of what I want to feel like when I am at home. So uh, that kind of goes into another piece as well. Something to consider is like the breed slash type of dog you do bring in. So I mentioned a herding dog. Herding dogs tend to be they're classified mostly as, you know, a little bit more hyperactive, a little bit more high maintenance in terms of activity level and, um, you know, keeping your dog's brain going all the time, keeping them busy. And then again, I have two Italian greyhounds who are pretty much couch potatoes until we drag them out of the house. You know, would that mesh well? Probably not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You got to find that good fit. Right. And it, it, it ultimately comes down to personality. So like knowing those like traditional breed characteristics can be super helpful, but it also kind of comes down to like, what do you know about your dog? What dogs does your dog tend to gravitate towards? What dog Mm -hmm. is your dog most calm around? Marshall actually tends to enjoy being around smaller or older dogs. He actually doesn't really enjoy being in the space of other like male high energy dogs, like a copycat of Marshall. Marshall would not like, (laughs) he would not like himself. He tends to do really well with yeah, older, slower paced dogs, um, smaller dogs, maybe because he doesn't feel threatened. Um, but yeah, that's really important, but it's, It's also really important to do an introduction. And this is something that any reputable breeder, any reputable rescue is going to let you do an introduction between dog you're considering bringing into your home and existing dog. And not only doing that introduction, but making sure you're doing an appropriate introduction. Um, So not just, you know, throwing them into an off-leash environment together, doing something a little more structured, see how they respond to each other, read their body language. How do they get along? Um, Yeah, that's all I'll say about fit. But let's move on to talk about some misconceptions that maybe we see online. So this whole notion of like Instagram versus reality, we know that what we see online is not necessarily what actually happens 
in someone's life or in someone's home, right? Yeah, I really need to chime into this because I fall victim to this all the time. Um, personally, I am forever comparing myself to others online, whether that is about my dogs, about myself, about my partnership, about my home, about my car I drive, well, I don't, whatever it is in my life, like I've found myself, especially over COVID, getting really bad mm-hmm. at doing this. And I think that it has a lot to do with, well, now the younger scene is very much heavily online. Um, then us millennials end up being online more, seeing like what all these, um, but yeah, like you always are striving for what somebody else has. It's like almost like a yeah. form of like, oh, you have that. I want that too. Um, and this happens with dogs. Like you see these beautiful photos online or beautiful videos online of people enjoying their time with their dog or their dog being a perfect angel on like this beautiful hike and they're walking through whatever. A lot of, or like five dogs perfectly sitting in a picture for Instagram. I don't know. It could be whatever. And that's not reality like ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, when you see, you know, you see a picture or a video of let's say two dogs, like really coexisting super well in that home, you're like, wow, that could be my dog. They could have a friend. True. But also that owner probably had to do a lot of work depending on the circumstances to get those dogs to a space where they're thriving in the same space. They're doing well together. Like you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. So Mm -mm. quick note about that, because as we get into this next topic, I think it's important to remember. So you could introduce a second or third dog and it could go poorly. It could be a disaster. You hear, yeah, you do hear about this from time to time where, um, especially like on like, uh, Facebook pages of like from the local, uh, groups, um, Hey, I brought home this puppy or I brought home this dog and my first dog hates it. What do I do? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like the advice as we were like kind of planning out this episode, I feel like the advice, um, that we're about to kind of share the the suggestions for what to do if this were to go poorly. I feel like they also just apply if you got a new dog and it's, it's going poorly. It's kind of the same, but a couple of like key things you can do, I would say consult with professionals, consult with the breeder or the rescue. Um, mm-hmm. They know the dog. They would have spent duration of time with the dog. Consult with a trainer, consult with your vet, a behaviorist. Um, and then hopefully in all those consultations, you can maybe have some new behavior modification strategies to layer in, whether that's with your new dog or with your existing dog, or probably with both. Yeah. Um, what else should they maybe think about, Ken's? Definitely time. Um, sometimes it's not a light, dogs aren't light switches. So this might take some time. So how long has it been? Has your dog, your first dog had time to settle? Has the second dog had time to decompress in a new environment? Vice versa. You know, it's uh, time. It's, it's again, dogs are not a light switch. This can also be a stressful situation, especially for new dog coming in. Um, and it could be a stressful situation for you. So ask yourself, um, have you given up? this is hard to think about and hard, a hard question to ask ourselves, but you know, have you already thrown in the towel and it's been three days and your life is hell because your dogs aren't getting to get uh, along together and it's not rainbows and butterflies. Um, 
but maybe it's just not the right fit. And if that's the case, that's okay too. But again, this goes back to time. Um, and then with that, how much time should you spend on working with this relationship, i.e. new dog into this home, a trainer, a behaviorist, a vet, the breeder, all of these professionals would have a very good idea for you to, um, to consider. Yeah. And all I'll say is it takes a lot more than a week or two for these sorts of kinks to be ironed out. So if you're making the decision to get another dog, just know that you're, you're probably looking at a couple months transition period at minimum. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, but making sure that, you know, you do have adequate support. And I think, you know, if you are in a situation where it's difficult, I think the first thing to really look at is, is there any concern around safety, safety Mm -hmm. for the dog, safety for you or any other, you know, kids or people in the home, Mm -hmm. um, you know, making sure you have those structures in place, whether it's crating or place or having those things set up, even leash on in the home for maybe the new dog. Like it, there's lots of different ways you can make sure that you keep everybody safe while you go through this, um, bit of a decompression period, but that was a lot of information. Um, we hope you found all of that helpful. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back to share a little bit of wisdom as to what we would suggest if you're thinking about adding a dog to your home and sharing a little bit about our personal experiences. So we will be right back. You've been listening to the Dog Friendly KW podcast with your host, Justine and Mackenzie. And today we have been talking all about multi-dog households. And to wrap up today, Justine, question for you. Yes, I'm ready. Why, why have you decided on a single dog household? And would you ever consider adding a second dog or cat? So other than the fact that my wonderful partner would not let me get a second dog, um, (laughs) I would be forbidden from that. Um, I have a single dog household because Marshall is a lot of dog. As you all know, um, it would take, as I've kind of shared, it would be a lot of behavioral modification for us to safely layer a dog into the home. Also financial considerations, just like not in a space where I would want to take on the additional financial responsibility. Um, And then I think about Marshall's age, like he'll be four in April. So in my mind, because he's a large breed dog, if we weren't to introduce a dog in the next couple of years, I don't think it would be fair to introduce a dog into the home when I've got a eight-year-old plus grumpy Marshall, um, and knowing that I don't think we'll be in that place in the next few years, I have an inclination that Marshall will continue to be an only child, um, mine's Gerald, you mean it's not an only child, an only dog child. Um, (laughs) I don't think we'll get a second cat either. I think we're good with the two of them for now, and uh, we'll see where the next few years take us, but we're definitely happy where we are at this moment uh, because this works well for us. We've got a, a good, good jive. Excellent. Yes, you do. Marshall and Gerald, the rappers. Right? So we should make a video of them rapping. Okay. Moving along. 
you have a successful multi-pet home. So what has worked for you and your pups and what have you learned over the years? So initially when it was just Will and Aladar, what worked was, um, well, I want to say it's them being related, but it's definitely not. They are dogs. They do not know they're related. <laughs> but um, I, uh, they were both young. They both had, um, they just settled into place, honestly. I want to say it's luck almost because they both like, settled into like a hierarchy right off the bat. You know, Willa's the bossy one. Aladar just kind of lets her boss her around. There was never any sort of, you know, issues when it came to um, driving in the home. They both honestly just kind of, I'm trying to like think back to like their puppyhood is so long ago now, but um yeah, they both just settled in really nicely together and being the same breed and having the same sort of energy really does help. Um, that's why you see so many homes with single breed multi homes. Um, but then fast forward to, uh, when Hudson came into the picture that, uh, was a little bit more work, um, getting him integrated into the girls' lives. He could care less, but uh, the girls, um, you know, were kind of, like, nervous. They weren't big dog fans, um, didn't really understand him. He wanted to play, and he was just a big loof, and they were like, nah, like, I'm good. They would tell him off a few times, but uh, he was he – was, um, aware enough that he would just back off and, and then leave them alone and go do his own thing. He was a single dog for the seven years before we met him. So, um, he was very much used to it. So again, it just came down to slow introductions, doing it outside, going for long walks before we ever introduced them into each other's homes. Um, the food, I would be keeping um, mealtime separate for a little bit and then learning and understanding um, each of their needs and being aware of them for the first while until, again, things just kind of fell into place. And my suggestion, again, would be to be patient with your dogs if you are struggling um, and, and not worry about looking for help. Um, if you're struggling, reach out for help to your community, to a professional, and then, um, hopefully, uh, you know, things will work out in the end. So there you have it. That's it. it. Those were really great tips, Ken. So that was awesome. Um, there you have it. Um, our episode about multi-dog households. If you get a second dog, third dog, let us know how it goes. We'd love to hear about it, but Thank you for tuning in today to the Dog Friendly KW Podcast. Until next time. Bye.